Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Erica Slater. I'm Liz Lenovey. Mary Simon. And Amy Gunn. I have been practicing law for 20 plus years. I'm a 1996 graduate of St. Louis University Law School. I have been at the Simon Law Firm for 17 years, and it has been a joy and a privilege almost every day. And I continue to love what I do, for whom I do it, with whom I do it. And now, after this many years, I have the wonderful opportunity to sit around a table with women lawyers who are equally as devoted to our clients, to the practice of law, to the love of law. And that is, has opened up an entirely new stage for me to just really enjoy what I do, finding a new avenue for my passion for the work we do for our clients, but weaving that into what I've discovered to be a second passion of mine, which is communicating and collaborating with other female attorneys. My name is Erica Slater, and I have been with the Simon Law Firm and with this group of ladies for five years. Participating in the legal community in St. Louis is really important to to me, but more important is when we do things with our women's organizations. It's so important for me to walk into a room and see all the most powerful people in that room are women. And I think that that's what this podcast and getting together and talking about these things is, that's what we hope to do. We hope that people who listen have a sense of not only that you're not alone in this practice if you don't have very strong female mentors, but that the people doing it are women too. And that you don't always have to look up to examples of people who have been successful in this field and for them not to look and sound like you. So that's, I think, where my motivation comes for doing this. And that's kind of how I got started. My name's Liz Lenovey. I am a 2015 grad from St. Louis University School of Law. And I have been an attorney at the Simon Law Firm since 2016, although I actually clerked here while I was in law school from 14 to 15. But I am from southern Illinois, kind of middle of a cornfield there, and that's not a joke. My high school was literally in the middle of a cornfield, and I have no lawyers in my family, but my dad, who was Air Force, and that's how we met my mom, was through the Air Force when he was stationed in South Korea. They got married there, had me there. I'm of mixed race, but he was stationed at Scott Air Force Base in southern Illinois where he retired, and, and I grew up in that area. And actually my sophomore year of college, my dad was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. And he had been in a motorcycle accident a couple months prior and they had done some x-rays of his lungs, which had shown the mass and no one said anything to him in the ER. And it was months later after he had already gotten sick with pneumonia that they finally did another x-ray did the biopsy and they you know they said that this is lung cancer and and it should have probably been caught a couple months earlier and in my 2L year of law school my my dad passed away and that 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 was a a terrible experience for me but going into my 3L year was when I started my internship at the Simon Law Firm working for Amy Gunn 
and we do medical malpractice here. And so having had that experience personally and having had that loss personally really motivated me, not just, you know, I want to do a good job. I want to do a good job representing my clients, but I look at all of my clients as as I look at my dad. I, I try to represent them how I would want someone to represent my family had we decided to pursue uh, any type of action for that. I think it's incredibly important to be a woman lawyer and to and to represent us in our community and to show not only just female law students, but any woman who wants to come into this profession about mentoring them and, 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 and trying to help them learn from our experiences. But, but for me, it's also twofold because, like I mentioned earlier, I am, I'm of mixed race and, and I don't see very many Asian American attorneys, especially Asian American female attorneys. And so for me, I look at that as it's not just important for me to come out as a, as a female attorney, but to represent for women of color and specifically for the Asian American community. And so I try to be involved in, in both of those aspects. My name is Mary Simon. I am John Simon's daughter. So I am also an attorney here at the Simon Law Firm. And here I am doing a podcast with female attorneys because I'm the only um, female attorney in my family at this firm. I am the third attorney in my immediate family. I think I'm the ninth or 10th in my extended family. So I've been around the law uh, since I was born. I think I attended my first deposition when I was seven or eight. When I was little, I didn't get grounded. I got cross-examined. Um, <laughs> it's, that's just how it went. I was born and raised in St. Louis, and I think I just always wanted to be an attorney because I get to solve people's problems for a living and argue while doing it. And that's really fun for me. Today's topic is going to be the dreaded life-work balance question. And I can already see Amy cringing because, because <laughs> get rid it's going to be a yeah. little bit of a Goodbye. spin on that topic. And so I hate here. that phrase. The dreaded question. <laughs> it's because the parenthetical of that phrase is question mark. Work-life balance? Can I? Should I? How do I do it? And that makes me insane. It is, if, if we have to use it because it's out there in the culture, then it should be work-life balance exclamation point. In other words, I can, I am, I do. It doesn't, we do, we can, whatever. It is not something to be scared of. It is not something to all walk out the door and feel like it is a, a challenge for you. Should I tell my story? Tell your story. So I had coffee, this was last fall, with a female law student, and she was writing an article about a case that I had, and then went up on appeal, and so she was doing, a, a, I think, her law review article on the subject of that case. So we meet for coffee, and we chit-chat about that, and as sometimes women do, we kind of fall off the topic and start talking about lives and careers and this, that, and the other, and she'd said, oh, I'm working for a law firm next summer, and it's a larger law firm. And she was non-traditional in the sense that she was already, I think, 30 and married, but no children yet. And she was going to a larger law firm. And she says, and you know what, I'm just, I'm just worried about work-life balance. And in that moment, I just lost it. And poor thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, because I was like, Little why you know. the blank are you worried about that? 
I, we, why? And I, I swear she looked at me like I'd slapped her in the face. And it probably was a little bit overwrought of a, ref, of a reaction that I made. But I'm tired of it. I said, where did you learn that? Everywhere. And, uh, yeah. And Ever- she was like, everywhere. she says, you know, no, I mean, I, I had a stay-at-home mom and we talk about it at law school. I said, do you think any of your male colleagues in law school worry about that? And she thought, she thought about it and she said, probably not. And I said, then who has told you you need to? Are you in law school? Yes. Are you working hard in law school? Yes. Are you living your life? Yes. You've married. You have a home. So the only, the only thing, what's happening right now is you are worried about it, overanalyzing it, and you don't even know if it's ever going to be a problem. You don't know that. So why are you worrying about something but that may never happen? And since that time, and, and she was very good about it, and I got a thank you note, so I, I feel like I haven't permanently <laughs> scarred her. But, I mean, I just, ever since then, I've really had a problem with that phrase, and particularly the, the subtext of it, which is, as I said, the, the question mark. Can I do this? Oh, God, should, is this something I have to worry about? Did you walk into law school with all the work you did to get there, all the resources that you've tapped to get there, the money that you're paying, the brain power that you're expending, and and worry like, oh no, what am I going to do when I get out? Can I have a family? Can I have a defense of my anxiety here? Okay. okay. Yes. All right. So full disclosure, I am 28 years old. I am peak millennial. And I do worry about work-life balance. I, I, I do have a stress about it. And and I think part of it is because growing up, I've always had, you know, I've had great parents who told me you can do anything a man can. You're, you're going to succeed. You're going to work hard. You're going to do great in your career. We believe in you. And I, I have that, but I also have society and it's still prevalent. It still exists. There's a, a million self-help books on it. There's a million podcasts on how women can have it all and lean Stop in and all that. <laughs> and I don't listen to them, but it's still, unless I am in a cave, there's no way to completely avoid it. And so for me as, as a woman who has just started her career, I, I still consider myself fairly new, but also as uh, I'm recently married and, and we've been talking about having a family and and looking at media and everything, it's this idea that I have to be, I have to work twice as hard to get half as much as a man does. So I've got to work harder at work. But also if, if we do have a family, what are my responsibilities? I still have to be super mom. And, and, I, and again, I have a great husband who is incredibly progressive and, and we've already talked about it. We already split housework 50-50. He's phenomenal. But I still have a feeling that when we have children, I'm going to feel just naturally more responsible for those children not saying he's not going to be a wonderful father. I just know that it's going to fall on mom. And even if he doesn't have that expectation, which I don't think he will, because again, honey, you're great. But <laughs> what is everyone else going to believe? And I know you shouldn't care about what other people think, but it's really tough not to. And so that's that's my concern is, is how am I going to balance, you know, working this very tough, we have really hard jobs, working this really hard job, but also having a family and and running a household, which is also a very hard job. Children are tough. Well, <laughs> confirmed. You know, you, know, <laughs> you know, something that I think is funny, though, is I've had, I'm 27. I've had all the same thoughts that 
Liz has had. But then I see Amy <laughs> and think, but Amy's it can be done. So but but it can be done. So I think it's funny, you know, Liz and I went to a CLE a couple of weeks ago and it was all male. I think it was an all male. There's one woman on the whole panel and the question mm-hmm. for the only female panelist was why don't you just talk about work-life balance? No. And Liz and I both just turned and out. looked at each other because we knew we are Amy Gunn's clerks who have learned. <laughs> like, we don't get to worry yes, about that. We don't have to worry about work-life balance. But I think it's, it is kind of interesting because I've had the same thoughts as Liz insofar as, oh, well, if I have a kid, then am I going to be months behind my male colleagues who are moving forward with taking depots and having trials where I have to be, I don't know, however long I have to be out of the office or if something, God forbid, something happens and then you physically can't come into work for X amount of time that you don't know about. And if that's something that my male colleagues don't have to worry about. But then I look at attorneys who don't worry about it, like Amy, and think, why am I worrying that I'm going to somehow fall behind so far that I can't have exactly the career I want, exactly the successes I want, and in the time frame that I want them. And so it's, you know, kind of goes back to why this podcast is important to me, is I get to hear and see those successes of women, you know, ahead of me in their careers doing the exact thing that I am going to do and that I want to do. So it kind of takes away that the worry is that, every other 27, 28-year-old female attorney has that I've talked to. Erica, you're a new mom. Why don't you tell us about your experience? I am. I have a seven-month-old. But don't use the term work-life balance. I won't. Let's um, think of a different word. Yeah, know, we a need some phrase. Life. We're gonna life. Make, I mean, it's life. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Yeah. So I have a seven-month-old. And also, here's my pro tip. Marry a woman. <laughs> like I did. And then all of your fear, well, actually, our house is two moms worrying about this stuff right. instead of just one, right. actually. So, unfortunately, we don't just redivide into, you know, male and female roles. We're just two moms. Right. But I think that one thing that kind of dumbs this down, and this is a very simple way that I think about it, and it's the only way I get past it, is worrying about the concept of work like balance is just the fear of failure, right? You're worried about failing as a mom, your family, your friends, thinking that you are putting your family second, and the also the failure or the fear of failing at work, that your bosses and your colleagues are going to think that you are putting work second or that you're not there enough. And my response to, I'm not great at it yet, but I'm working on it very hard. My response to fear of failure is that I'm always going to fail. And if there is one point in my life that I think I am fail-proof, then I need to quit what I'm doing. And I think the more important thing to focus your energy on is when you fail, how are you going to pick it up? If you've upset your spouse or disappointed your family in some way, how do you deal with those feelings? If you have have had to cut out on something for work – what are you going to do with that? And how do you respond to that situation? And if you don't work with people who are supportive and who will talk to you about that, or if your home life is not supportive and they will not talk to you about that, then those sound like things that need to change. Sounds like you're doing everything right and you're going to fail. So it'll happen. And once you accept it, then it's a lot less scary. 
So I was at a, a seminar, uh, a panel discussion last week uh, with some women professionals, and this question came up, and I was the fourth one to go out of four, and I can't remember the exact question, but as you say, you know, how do you deal with all this? How do you get through it? And, and my answer was fail, fail, fail and survive. Imagine that. You fail and you live through it. You fail and your husband doesn't leave you. You fail and you don't get fired. You fail and your child still loves you. And if you do that enough times, which I guess I'm here to say I have, <laughs> and you say, okay, every time that happens, I learn from it. And what I learn is that you keep going. And I learned this early, really in my in my law career, because we try plaintiff's cases and we lose. We lose these, particularly with medical malpractice. And I don't love that. And I hate tell, talking about that, but you do. And you, and you get up and you keep going. And there are more people that hire you and there's more need for people to be represented and the need never stops. So if you allow that to cripple you, what are you, you can't help anybody. So failing, in my mind, is, as you say, that is part of the solution. Because you're scared of the unknown. You're scared of the unknown. Everybody's scared of the unknown. Well, if the worst thing that you can think of, you know, within, you know, reason, happens and you survive it, guess what? Okay, you feel better. You feel better about it. So I, I think that, and I do this all the time, I know... Part of the thing I struggle with that I joke about a little bit is I don't do guilt. I don't do guilt. And it's kind of like when I finally admitted I don't like musicals. I just, <laughs> I don't like musicals. I'm sorry. I'm un-American. Judge me all you want to. I'm going to tweet that at Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay, that's a, I liked Hamilton because it had cultural significance. Okay. That's why I liked Hamilton. And I still love cats. I mean, so that was my like first love. some I guess, but not very many. But I mean, and so I think that the more you live, because there's no secret that I'm the elder stateswoman of the group here (laughs) and of the firm for that matter, and have been for a long time. A season. A season, whatever. I'm not afraid to say I'm old. I'm not afraid. Oh, I like that. I like that. But I think there are pieces in place, and this guilt thing has really gotten me thinking, because where does it come from? People put it on you, and then you need to rethink who you're hanging out with. Or you put it on yourself, and God knows where that came from. But rethink that, because what is the healthiness of that? There's very little. Now, I'm not suggesting don't care about anybody. I'm not suggesting only care about yourself, and I hope that that's not what's coming through. But know your priorities, and, and Liz, to your point about, and Eric and I have had this conversation, to your point about, you know, the only thing in your life that you haven't yet balanced is children. That's it. That, you, that's a human being. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you make it they wake up, so easy. <laughs> but they go to sleep. They, they yes. breathe, they eat. It's yes. Cool. And children don't underestimate their innate sense of being loved. You don't have to be there every minute of every day for your child to know that you love them. 
And when I would go on trips, when my boys, who are now 13 and 16, and they've survived, y'all, they survived. <laughs> they're okay. They've they're thrived. Pretty we good. can say that. They're pretty good kids. They're cool I'm going to say it, even though their mother worked full time and they went to daycare. <laughs> They when and I always I believe in communication. I would leave for work or go on a business trip, and I would say, "Hey, I'm coming back. I'm coming back uh, in two days, or or in in one day, or I'll be fine, and you'll be fine, and I'll be back, and I'll bring you candy from the airport." And and they're all they're fine with that. And so I think it's just what where it comes from. Think about why you have that and. I'm not, I'm not, I wish I could say, don't feel guilty. I mean, I can say that, but it's not going to mean anything until you recognize that you can handle it and it's going to be fine. And it, and it is. Now I will say that part of what I consider to be my success is my spouse, my husband, Kevin, because, and I, and I think you have to choose carefully. Choose carefully. It starts now. Choose carefully because you need a spouse, a partner, whoever, who is going to respect what you do, respect the time that it takes to do it well, and really mean it, and really mean it. And I have that. And I can't dismiss or diminish the importance of that in my life and in in my success as well. And here's another thing. Trust yourself. Trust yourself that you've made good choices up to this point. Trust yourself that you will continue to make good choices. I think that's where women fall short. I think we are very hard on ourselves. We're very hard on each other. And we, for some reason, don't trust ourselves in fully. And that's, I, I think that, and I think that I have the, the, the years of experience to sort of come to these conclusions about, uh, although I don't know that I've ever had much guilt. That may have been something a long time ago. I just rejected entirely. But <laughs> I do think that there's a perspective, and I'll say this about kids, and Eric and I ha- have had this conversation, and Ann Brocklin as well. We've had this conversation over the years, and that is kids bring you perspective. If you've got 12 hours during the day, and you can do whatever you want to with those 12 hours. You might work, you might work out, you might go to dinner, you might clean your house, you might play with your cats, you might do whatever, uh, or your dogs, okay, fine. If you add a baby to that, you're gonna prioritize that baby, and you've got that perspective. So instead of jacking around for two hours doing nothing, you're gonna reprioritize that time and spend it with your child. There's, there is enough time during the day. I, there just, there is. And if there isn't in your life, then you really need to evaluate. And you might have to give up. And I'm, I will say, I have given up things in my life. And the first thing you give up is what, ladies? What do you give up first? Yourself. 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 You give up yourself. So for many years, I didn't exercise. I would put myself last, which is fine. I mean, you can absorb that for a certain amount of time. And that's, I think that's our fallback position and you shouldn't do that. You should know what makes you happy. You should isolate the things that you enjoy and do those from time to time. Because if you're not happy and you're not healthy, then it's going to be hard to, to encourage other people to do that. So I am here because this is cheaper than therapy. Um, <laughs> but, but, but really, this is 
an incredible, I think, platform for all of us to use to to talk about what our experiences are, to talk about other people's experiences, and to talk about how we can improve that. I, I think that that's really what this podcast should be, is how we can improve lives and, and work environments for female attorneys, for law firms in general, and, and how can we help other women not just survive it, but thrive in those environments. And that's really what I get out of this because I work with this amazing group of women. I know I am a better attorney because I work with wonderful, incredibly talented, smart, dedicated women attorneys. But that's what I hope to get out of this is to, you know, help me by 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 talking about this in this type of setting, but also to hopefully have an impact on others in in whatever work environment, whether you're in litigation, whether you're in transaction, if you're a judge on the bench, I hope that the judges can listen to this and relate to this because I know that there are female judges with great stories too. And and, and that's what I would like to get out of this. Absolutely. And I love sharing stories. That's what we do for a living. We share our client stories. And, And it might sound a little bit selfish, but I haven't found a platform or a place where I can listen to people's stories as I relate to them. And I don't know what better way to do that than in a podcast of female trial attorneys. I mean, Step into our office. <laughs> yes, that, that is the place to do that. So I'm excited to share our stories with male attorneys, female attorneys, and hopefully we'll get some feedback and get to hear from other people that we know. And then maybe we'll be able to share their stories or have them share their stories. And this is, this isn't just a story of who we are and close in next episode. This is a story of who we are and how we put that to practice and how being a woman in this industry, in this profession affects us good and bad. And what, what is coming at us in ways that maybe doesn't come at male attorneys and how can we capture those stories capture those experiences, talk to them, talk about them amongst ourselves, help ourselves through that conversation, but also potentially help other people along the way as well. I want the podcast voice that I listen to about trial attorneys to be a female voice. That's why I want to do this podcast. I like that. Absolutely. And we want to cheer you on in your practice because people have cheered us on. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to us today. We really want to keep the dialogue going amongst ourselves and also with any of our listeners. Visit us at healsinthecourtroom.law for more information or to contact us. Please feel free to send us emails, stories, questions. We really would love for this to be interactive to a certain extent. We've got lots to talk about. We don't mind talking, but to the extent that there are questions or stories that can also help if shared, we would love to hear those as well. Thanks so much. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.